Hello, you're listening to the Games Intrude of this podcast. I am James Bachelor and I am joined by the Romeros. Hey, Plural. Yeah. We have uh, John Romero. That's me. And Brenda Romero. Hi. Just on the off chance you don't know which voice <laughs> is which. <laughs> no. <laughs> guys, thank you so much for your time. I mean, I, an incredibly busy week. We're here at um, Develop Brighton Conference, and uh, you guys are all over the place. You had keynotes yesterday, awards last night. You guys must be knackered. interviews yesterday. Interviews, interviews yesterday. Today. Yeah, it's been it's been unbelievably busy. We're talking to some people from the office this morning, and they're like, "Well, I hope you're enjoying your vacation." It's like, "Whoa, please." As a legend, we're really busy. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's just ignore him. He, we've you know it's but it's been like it's been one thing after another. It's been yeah. very it's been super busy, but you know, same time it's fun. Well, it's been a busy year for you guys because like Brenda, obviously you got a BAFTA back it's in March. You've right. only just um, received like the honorary award at the Fun and Serious Gaming Festival. Like there's just got the people are just throwing awards at you guys. Oh, like, it's not quite well deserved, obviously, but <laughs> I don't know if it's it's not hit the throwing stage yet. But yeah, it's a, it's been a very surreal year. I mean, mm. speaking for myself, it's been. You know, to get a BAFTA and then to get a Legend Award in a single year is... Yeah. Uh, it's fortunately, I think it's... I'm, 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 I'm mandated into retirement, I guess. But it's been... Uh, like, I remember when I found out bo- about both of them in very quick succession. And I said to John, like, man, am I about to die? Yeah. <laughs> What's happening here? Yeah. So we're kind of wrapping up. Yeah. <laughs> See, how do you, I, I was going to ask that, but I, was, I, was, I wasn't sure how to do so without being awkward. Like, genuinely, like, getting all these, like, you know, like Lifetime Achievement Awards. and it's so funny. Like, Does it feel like, basically, people... Is, do you worry that there's the perception out there that you guys have peaked? No. Nah. Like, well, the, th- the funny thing is, I think we, at le- we have at least 20 to 30 more years of I making games, right? Yeah. So, so what do they do... After that point, if you get a, a legend or a lifetime achievement halfway through your career, <laughs> what what's next? Uber I'm excited legend, to find out. What are legend, those awards? Did, did it go Call of Duty style? Methuselah you, awards. You, you prestige. <laughs> Call of Duty style. You prestige. I and know. You start, what, what's the next <laughs> level? Ultra <laughs> legend. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What do you do? I think that that like peaking. Like if you, I would say if you create a genre, you've you've. It's, peak, yeah. it's it's hard to beat that, right? Yeah. But, um, you know, you did that at a really young age. Twenty six. But it doesn't. You peaked too soon, John. That's yeah, basically the problem. Right, but, but I was I started when I was eleven, so yeah. So I guess yeah. Years slacker. But it's <laughs> it's uh I don't know. Like it doesn't. You just keep making games. You know, mm. you just keep making games. It feels. It feels in some way, there's somebody, I can't remember who it was, who recently got a Lifetime Achievement, and they were like, but but wait, <laughs> like, hold on, I'm like uh-huh. still young, what does this even mean? I, I, to me, it, it feel, I think if we look at Stan Lee yeah. of Marvel, that's probably what might happen. Like, he was making these comics for so long, and people thought they were cool, but he wasn't like the super badass, whatever. But then later, you know, then then you know he'd already s- sold Marvel and everything, and then all of a sudden he blows up, and you everyone's know, like, "Oh my God, Stan Lee, you're a legend!" And he's like, "Finally." <laughs> I feel, you know, for me, I think what it feels like um, is that the the pressure the pressure feels off, mm. like the pressure. Well, no, okay, the pressure. No one's expecting anything. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, how do I? Let me try to rephrase this. So, the hardest game I ever made. By far, was trained. Um, you know, even though it was three pages of rules, and I, you know, three pages, it's hard to write three page, pages. I've just, yeah, but very, and very concise, right? And I'm three page, um, three pages. I'm literally on the. Here's the title slide. Here's the summary of whatever this design document about is, and here's like the beginning. And three pages in a design doc. I've barely, you have, may not even know what the game is about, right? 
Um, although you should from the summary page. Um, so I feel like I don't have anything to prove except mm. to myself. Right? I, I, so, I, so what I mean is I don't feel like I'm climbing the mountain anymore, but I feel like I'm looking for mountains. Yeah. I'm looking for whatever that next mountain is going to be. And right now that next mountain is my Trail of Tears game as well as the digital game I'm making. I have two mountains simultaneously. <laughs> but, so, but it doesn't feel, um, I guess at this point, I, I don't feel like I have anyone to please except the game itself, you know, making sure that that game is as good as it can possibly be. That's probably the best way to look at it. I mean, like, if you just look at the, the kind of the portfolios you guys have had, like the, the, everything you guys have worked on, like ev everything you work on now, people like, you know, wizardry designer, you know, Brenda, you know, like, you know, anything you work on, you know, doom designer, John, like you're already kind of in the perception of the media and the public, like living up to all your past successes. And if you guys are like, just personally like, no, I'm just doing this for myself. I'm mm -hmm. doing that. Then, that, yeah, I can imagine that takes the pressure off. Yeah, it's just it's not something it's not something that I actively think about. Like, we well, don't try and stay in the press either, you know. Like, which you would be hard to believe, but <laughs> we don't try to do. That, I don't yeah. genuinely remember. Actually, I do remember the last time I contacted a media person to say, "Hey, we've got something to say. Can I? Can we have some of your time?" Was you? Yes, reboot right? last year. It was you, and that was two years, two years ago. No, it was last year. It was yeah? last year, yeah. And I don't remember. I don't remember, with the exception, like, you know, sending out a press release, like, hey, we've released Gundam, yeah, right. but that's still pretty generic, right? Like, yeah. I don't remember, um, you know, like, I don't remember any time, like, there's sometimes where, like, say, we'll reach out to John Kiefer, you know, when he was at Shack News, and say, like, hey, there's this Doom thing. Yeah, or, or actually, yeah. it's more likely John probably once every two weeks to just go, got anything? <laughs> and I'd say, oh, you know, John did unearth this, you know, some of his old hand-drawn maps from Quake, if you're interested, I'll tell ya. But I don't, um, it's just, it, 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 like, I feel like I'm at a really comfortable point in my career. Mm. And I don't mean that, at, the way I mean that is just from a, I, I feel like I finally got the skills that I need to craft the things that I want to craft. It's only taken however many decades. It's only taken, <laughs> only taken three and a half decades. Excellent. Yeah. And some of us take longer to learn than others. <laughs> you, you mentioned um, Gunman Tracker Track. I was I was going to bring like how's, how's Donovan doing like post success? Um, I remember speaking to you earlier this year, and you're like, you know, he went out and bought a Wii. Which, uh, sorry, bought a Switch, Switch, which is kind of like you know the, the you know young equivalent oh, yeah. of buying a Ferrari. And Lego, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and Lego giant, the biggest Legos that he's yeah. ever had. And but I saw, I saw on your, your Facebook, like, you guys are making, someone in the family is making, like, taco plushies, like, of the characters. Like, mm -hmm. like it's and just, selling them. People are buying taco seriously, plushies. Seriously, brilliant. Yeah, Mr. Jibs. And then, and then there's Mr. Jibs. Okay. He's just a jib pile, but he's, you know, he's sewed up. He's got eyes and, <laughs> and yarn hanging out of him and stuff. Like, it's a pile of jibs, like, when you kill someone. It's yeah. Like, it's hilarious. <laughs> and so we, we've been selling those, uh, just different, like, for some reason. There was that one that one uh, picture in 1992 that we took while we were making Wolfenstein. <laughs> yeah. Where I'm wearing, I'm, I'm you know, it's a, a really funny picture where, I'm, where everybody's making a face or doing something, and I'm wearing this shirt that says "Cool Guys at the Beach," and it's a 1992 picture, and that shirt is from 1985, <laughs> and my mom bought it for me. <laughs> anyway, some some uh, woman in uh, here in England just decided to redesign that shirt and start selling it. Oh, so right. she's been selling that shirt. I found out I found out about it. I think it might have been from her. And I was like, oh, my God, I want to sell that shirt too. So she's <laughs> like, okay, I'll, just, I'll sell them to you and then you sell them. So, so, uh, so we put them up on our site basically saying, 
here's the shirt from that picture, and it's, we've sold like 30 of them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> some of this stuff, like we've got, we try to get the kids involved in, in because they're now of the age. So Donovan, Donovan's success was a big motivator mm. on the other kids who were just like, oh, John, why, why can he buy whatever I, I, he wants? I want well, a piece of that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they started, so this is how the plushies came about. Um, and, um, and, and so basically, if they come up with something or they have an idea, Mesa's, Mesa's John is going to work with Mesa on her game mm. when she, well, she's also learned how to sew so she can make things. And... Yeah. So anyway, they're, they're, they are putting their first creators, their, their first creative feet out. Um, you know, just trying different things out. So. Other than Donovan who already went. <laughs> yeah. He's nine years old. <laughs> yeah. But he just did. He just coded his, uh, yeah, he, he just programmed his first little uh, all one by game himself. a month game. Yeah, nice. all by himself. Yeah. Yeah. So, so anyway, it's just what you're seeing there. The plushies is just kind of this evolution of a family business, and the kids want to be included, and it's pretty great to have them included. So, it must be really cool for you guys. I remember talking about this before. Like, it must be really cool as two game designers to see your kids then want to take take that up and explore their own ideas. Yeah, just so oh, make yeah. things, whether it's games or 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 stuff for. For uh, cosplay or like, yeah. conferences, yeah, they're all really creative kids, all of them. Mm. So, and you know, there's six in total. Michael, the oldest, he's already in the game industry, working with Tom Hall. Funny, he's enough. actually Tom Hall's lead programmer. Yeah. Oh, wow, excellent, <laughs> nice. Yeah, and and then so all of the kids are into games in some fashion or another, into some degree or another. Donovan is, you know, Donovan is currently working on getting better at Quake. Yeah, <laughs> Donovan is basically a sequel to John. I feel like. <laughs> The, the, the success hasn't gone to Donovan's head then he's not like <laughs> no you know like he doesn't really he's, he jokes about it he jokes about it like he, but he doesn't have all like t- Tank Blast the title screen on Tank Blast says by the man himself Donovan which is nice funny. yeah and then he just came a, up with that and then there was another thing when John was saying that you know I can we could bring your Donovan's best friend Michael he said well we can bring Michael in you know and work yeah with him he's on got coding. some cool game ideas we can make, okay. a game, make a game for him he can just tell us what the idea is he's like no no, I'm the one on top. This is mine. This is my thing. Yeah. <laughs> so he, but then there's other things like the fact that like we he had to pay for his college, so, but then then he gets ten percent to blow on whatever he wants. Mm. And when you tell him what his ten percent is, you can tell like he makes this. He doesn't have any capacity as a little guy to understand it, right? In this, he makes this smile that I would I would just give away everything I have for that smile because he makes this look. It's like a smile, and then he turns his head to the side and kind of looks down because he doesn't know what to say. Yeah. And uh, he doesn't even know how to really react to it. And he doesn't, he doesn't really understand numbers that well. Either. Like, <laughs> what is the circulation of the Wall Street Journal? What do you think it is? That's <laughs> yeah, it great. It's like how many? 500? I think it was, no, I think it was 2,000 people. 2,000 people. Yeah. yeah. He was in the Wall Street Journal. 2,000 people. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I recorded him on video. Do you know how many people read the Wall Street Journal? Probably two thousand people. Not just how many people, but the people that are reading it. Like, yeah, exactly. you know, like they're, they're not exactly like the people off the street. Like, <laughs> it's so funny. It was like really two thousand. So you think? <laughs> yeah. So he's good. Dunham has been invited to speak at his first conference, which is going to be ShipItCon. ShipItCon. Yeah. Yeah. About, about his experience with gunmen. <laughs> That'll be fun. Yeah, it could be a train wreck, but you know, this is how you learn, right? Excellent stuff. I mean, how are your own projects coming along? Like, dare I mention Blackroom? Like, yeah. what's going on with that? Yeah, we're not. Yeah, we can't, can't talk about. No, that. fair enough. No, fair enough. We okay. can't talk it like in the projects that we're working on because we work with publishers. Yeah, we can't say a word because they have decided when they're going to 
to, to put out any information. Yeah. So, so they have PR departments and marketing departments, so we have to just be quiet about it. Those yeah. things, those we, personal projects we talk about all day. Yeah, of course. Yeah, we've got, I mean, we're doing, so we've got our mainline games that we can't talk about, and then I guess the, the biggest things that we can talk about that we're working on are, um, I've got two analog games, mm -hmm. one of which is the Trail of Tears game, which I think, I know where I want to release it now, uh, but I've got to wait for permission mm. to be able to do it. It'll be <laughs> in Ireland. Um, and it's, I'm probably close to 40,000 pieces, so 10,000. So the, the components of the game will be finished, then I actually have to play it. And I know how the rules work. I've known how the rules work, but then I actually have to write them. And I only, I do a first pass on the rules. And the yeah. first pass is the last pass, which is kind of terrifying. Um, and then there's another game I'm making that I keep changing the name of, but it's a game about, uh, it, unlike all my other games that are basically, to quote John, make people cry, this is a game about um, trust and, and the building of, the systemic building of trust between individuals. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that one, um, That's cool. yeah, I figure I'm probably going to make about 200 of them, and then that'll, that'll be it. Nice. Not that'll go. Fair enough. I mean, I know you can't go into detail about the, the projects you guys are, uh, the mainline projects you guys are working on, but um, I've I read that you you guys are kind of growing Romero Games. You kind of brought yeah. some more people yeah, on. So yeah, they're they're obviously ramping up. They're obviously big projects. Yeah. yeah. We've got two or three more people to get. We have like 12 right now. Yeah. yeah. But we like having small teams because big teams are just, it's not that much fun making games on really big teams. So we just want to keep it small. I guess you kind of get lost in the, in the, the noise, don't you? Like it feels less like each individual. You just don't know the people. Like we, the people that we work with, we like the people that we work with a lot. It like we do stuff outside of work with them. Yeah. Like we, that's how we hire. When you're hiring, when you're like, when we are bringing somebody onto the team, everybody on the team is unbelievably invested in making sure that that person feels like they could be a friend. Mm. Like it's, we, mm. I think we hire, um, we hire uh, densely packed uh, people. We want people with like dense experience, right? So mm -hmm. probably, you know, our team is a ridiculously experienced team and just an unbelievable joy to work with. You know, they know their shit. Um, and we, we've been growing, but we don't want, like John said, we don't want to get too big. Like a lot of people are like, how big is your company? And you could say, you, you, let's just go back to it software, yeah. like the original Doom team. Like, how big's your team? You know, and the cop obviously the Doom the, team was five people. Yeah, so it's yeah, tiny, it's, but it's, six, six of the. It's, it's not about yeah. the number of people; it's about exactly. what they're actually doing. Yeah, and cool. we, like it software was thirteen max when I left, it, and that's what the secretary and the CEO, <laughs> yeah. the marketing guy, like that's you know the the team was like nine people making Quake. So we've made we made a calculated decision at the beginning of this company. Well, there's two of them. One was to call it Romero Games. Like this is the forever company. We're not mm. we're not interested in selling the company. We're not interested in changing anything. We're just this is this is what we want to do as long as we possibly can, um, and uh, at least for 20 more years. Um, and then the other one was to keep it small. So with our last company, we had four teams at one point in time. And with four teams, you lose, you really lose sight of, you aren't able to just be a designer or aren't able to just lead a project anymore. Mm. So we wanted at max this company to have two mainline projects um, in small, uh, very skilled teams. And, you know, that was a decision we've made and it's going just great yeah, so far. Which I is great. absolutely love the people I work with. Absolutely. They're just, just a great team. It's the best team I've ever worked with really, you know. Yeah, it's in Ireland too, which is people don't expect, you know, the, the, the greatest uh, people 
in the industry are going to be in Ireland because the, the Ireland does not like the big game industry no. like focus. It's not known for its, its but, technological hubs. Yeah, is it? No, yeah. But the thing is, they they, they deliver amazing people out of Trinity and mm. out of Limerick, and you know, and, and those people are in our company. They're you know, it's unbelievable. You know, what's weird though. It's like on the one hand, when you think about Ireland, you might not think about it being tech heavy, but when you get there. And you look, you wonder, like, why does every single, and, and there's one answer to this, which isn't the full answer. Why does every single European company have their headquarters in Ireland? And you go, oh, it's because taxes. Yeah. Well, but a lot of them were there, like Apple, before those taxes. In 1980, yeah. And, you know, as an example, in, um, in Galway, where we live, uh, which, mind you, like, Mark Dublin is way bigger. So I'm just using Galway it's not way out on the west. And at Cisco in Galway, there's 225 C++ coders. Wow. Like, down Ireland is, is... 400 people at EA right down the street. Yeah. So <laughs> Ireland is absolutely... Um, uh, there's probably more C++ coders than sheep. Maybe not. <laughs> but it's got to be close, right? And so, like, there's hardcore coders. And Demonware, Swerve, Havoc, you know, these are, like, these are companies that are Irish companies. So yeah. if there's one thing we have not at all all had an issue with is getting hardcore programmers mm. that love games in Ireland. Yep. No issue at all. I think maybe Ireland, uh, the tax advantages have overshadowed the fact that, uh, that Ireland is a very tech-heavy place. Mm. Um, you know, it may not have uh, listening metal sidewalks making you think like it's the most <laughs> technologically advanced place. But yeah, but neither does Silicon Valley. <laughs> no, I was no. disappointed when I went there and I was like, this is where billions of dollars are at. Why does it look like it's the 70s? You know, yeah. like on 101. I was just really blown away. I'm still now quietly, quietly hoping that someone works out the exact coder to sheep correlation. Like that, <laughs> yeah. that, that genuinely intrigues me. There's, the more, there's more cows on, in Ireland than the population of Ireland. Wow. Yeah, there are. You know, it's when as soon as I said that, I'm like, I can't believe I just made a sheep to programmer correlation. Like I said, <laughs> and I was trying to like, can well, we just let this go one of the there's, No, no, there's, there's not enough it's animal, time to <laughs> There's not enough animal to human ratios right, in yeah. this game. To but what if we could get the, the sheep coding C++? <laughs> then, all right, we've just got And then you more than double your uh, yeah. workforce. Yeah, no. <laughs> we'll give it time. It's the future. So, um, but it's, it's great. Like, you know, you talk about having these small teams. Like, there really is a shift. I say this shift. This ha there has been a shift. It has already occurred towards having smaller teams. You know, famously, obviously, Supercell, massive company, mm -hmm. very small teams. Like, you know, the whole indie generation. Like, this, it's wonderful. We've gone back to the days of you can have five to thirteen people making yeah. a game and yeah. it being a hit. I mean, yeah. just look at um, randomly like, Overcooked. You know, yeah. there's what a couple of guys, and honestly, one of the most fun games I've played in the last year. Yeah. And it's picking up BAFTAs and awards yeah. and like, and, and like, there's technology now that you don't have to have. Yeah. You, know, you have massive teams writing technology. That now you have your start to your game, yeah. and the team doesn't need to write that tech anymore. Now you can just focus on the game. Exactly. So you don't yeah. need a gigantic team yeah. to focus on a game that's a, a decent size, like an MMO. Sure, you're gonna have a shitload of people making yeah. an MMO. Yeah. But when you work on most other games, you don't need that giant team if you have the tech already. Yeah, mm -hmm. the improvement in tools has really allowed us to go back to focusing not us, but I would say the game industry in general, to focusing on that 80s feeling of like, what do you want to do? I want to make games. Why? Just because I do, yeah. right? And like, if you make them really well, then, then there, you know, there couldn't be a pot of gold at the end of your rainbow. But It's also the way that you keep the passion in the industry is to keep these teams small. Yeah, just keep it small. Everyone's like, just having having blast. Yeah, I think it becomes work when you are, what do you do for a living? Oh, I run a game laugh. company. I mean, some people, <laughs> some people really, some people are great at managing and that's what they want to do and they want to produce. John and I want to make, we want to, we are, hmm. our, we want to be like, we want to have our hands in there. I want a spreadsheet. 
Well, I do like spreadsheets. <laughs> John, I kind of feel bad throwing the obvious question at you, but it's almost obligatory now to, uh, to like, as I'm interviewing you, just ask your thoughts, like, the state of shooters, you know, it's, 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 the genre is essentially your baby. Like, what, what do you think of um, the, you know, the titles that are coming up, the direction that it's all going? Jeez, uh, there's some really great games out there. And, you know, Overwatch is unbelievable. Mm. I think that uh, the, the, the splintering of the FPS genre, having uh, competitive games like Overwatch is, like, at that quality level, really shows, like, this is permanent. This is a thread that is staying. Um, you know, and it was, and it was really, and it wasn't even there at the very beginning specifically to be an esports type thing. Uh, but when we were making Quake, we knew esports was happening. It was going to begin, and that's yeah. when clans came out and everything. But then, um, you know, then then there were these these uh, tournaments and lots of lots of money, you know, going out there, and that esports was became becoming to be serious. And then Counter Strike kind of took over from Quake. And then that was just such a hardcore game, and uh, and it just kept on moving, you know, further into esports. And now you have Overwatch, which is, you know, for shooters, that's a pretty amazing game. Um, it's got excellent balance and variety, and you know the improvements that they keep rolling out now. Lawbreakers, mm. you know, Cliff's game. Um, so you, you're you're getting to see that segment getting bigger, where it was about single player. Shooters back at the very beginning, you know, they had multiplayer in them, and now the multiplayer has taken over. You know, Quake Three really started to focus on this is multiplayer, in shooting. This is what we're doing, yeah. and then it became competitive. And and I think that that's awesome that that's there. And then you have single player shooters like where well, there's way less of those yeah. out there, uh, story based single player shooter type games. Um, but I think that that yeah, that's gonna be coming back. You know, because mm. it's one of these. People always look at the thing like, what can what, what's missing out there that we could do that's that, that everyone's not doing, because then we can actually make money because it's not uh, it's not flooded, right? It's mm. not flooded over with tons of titles. I think single player shooting um, uh, FPSs is definitely an area that that is has kind of dried up and is ready for for someone to innovate in that area to come back and and make some more like here's. Here's like where Half Life Three would have been, <laughs> and here's the next one. You know, Half Life Two being like pretty much Half Life Half Life Three is not going to happen, right? They no. just they can't. Like, yeah, like we 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 talked earlier about like you guys like you you no longer you feel like you're living up the pressure of your past. It's like they absolutely like there's no way they can. They said that not, just, yeah. yeah it's it was just, so funny at Gamescom last year when they had that big great. old Half Life Three banner <laughs> on the other side. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, oh my that was God. amazing. It's but yeah, I think Donovan. Um, we talked about that. Donovan would have just died. Oh, Donovan! Yeah, we told Donovan. I took a picture of it, and Donovan was like, "Oh my god!" Said, Look at the other one. Oh, it was that was kidding. one of the cutest things about probably about no, Donovan kidding. when he realized that you knew Gabe, and he was so invested. The keeps like, "Can you please? <laughs> can you call Gabe? We send Gabe an email." The cutest one absolutely was, "Will you invite Gabe to my birthday party?" For yeah. Remember that he wanted Gabe yeah. to come to his birthday. That's a, I, that seems really odd to me. Like, like you. Yeah. Don's like got this this legend already in his life, like every single day. I know. Hero wishing to oh, yeah, someone yeah. else. We're nothing to him. Oh no! <laughs> to the kids, we don't even like we've, no. we've done nothing. No. Yeah. <laughs> we actually were living on Newell Creek Road too, which yeah. is so funny. Oh wow! Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they Donovan though. It's like here's a funny thing because Donovan and I haven't tempered this, although I could. But he sees he'll see. So for instance, there's a museum now in Texas that has a bunch of John's stuff mm. on display and. He sent his computer over to uh, the um, 
uh, National Museum of Play Sorry. in Rochester. Uh, and one of my games is there. So Douglas just kind of grown up like he, I remember when he handed you some of his design doc stuff and he's like, here you go. And, and John said, well, what would you like me to do? He's like, well, I need to save it for the museums. <laughs> so Donovan just has this thought in his head. I'm a game developer. What do I do with my old stuff? Well, it obviously is going to go to the museum. museum. Of course, yes. Right, and so I had this thing. I have, When he first said that, I want to go, honey. Like, <laughs> honey. And then I thought, you know, screw it. Like, what yeah. if... Let, let's just... You don't say anything yeah. negative. Right. You know, I was like, you're so, not going to ever be in a museum, Donovan. No, no <laughs> we never do that. But he's... Because then he'd be like, oh... Okay. No, but we that. don't. So it's just like let him. You know, right now he's go. he's on a rocket, man, and and he's certainly further than I was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so definitely. He's blown away, and he and, and he really he understands did, design like, patterns really well. And he is so far ahead of where we were. Yeah. So just age. let him. You Brilliant. know, and even Mesa, Mesa still figuring out what she wants to make. And Avalon, mm -hmm. we have one of our children is uh, is absolutely a level designer, but she like doesn't accept it. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. She designs levels all the time. It's like. What do you want to be for, well, you know, I kind of want to make games like level designer. No, I want to be a chef. You know, just <laughs> I'm going to sit down with him and go, okay, so first of all, you're not cooking all the time, so I don't know how you're a chef, but you're always making levels. She makes yeah. levels you're making, Playing games and making levels, how are you not a level designer? Level chef. New, di new discipline, level chef. I think chef. she should figure out how to do that. How <laughs> to put those two together. Well, yeah. You kind of did with your little stealth Instagram account. John has a stealth Instagram account where it's just his food. Yeah, right. I just I make Mexican food. I might need to track this down. So <laughs> yeah, I put I put the I got it out there, and I have all these you know, Michelin star chefs and stuff following. It's me. really funny, <laughs> but it's a stealth account, right? And it's just his food. Yeah, it's his other. It's like, I gotta make something else so I can get another picture. It's not the same machaca or tacos or whatever. Yeah, yeah. there's picture. three John Romero's. There's John Romero, the game designer that everybody knows. There's John Romero, the Mexican chef that basically nobody but me knows, and other people in his family and people who have eaten his food. And then there's John Romero, the the metal singer, that a few people know. <laughs> Most famously, my favorite story is we went to see this this uh, well known metal, very well known metal guitarist, and John. John's never been on the stage like I, because I used to sing blues and. Anyway, so he's like singing at the top of his lungs, and after the concert, the guitarist and the lead singer came out, and they're like, man, who do you sing for? And now we're like friends with this guy, right? But that's because in John, John, no concept. But, but anyway, yeah, so he, there was a point in his life where he was really like, is it metal, or is it coding? And you can tell which one was. Yeah. It's a strange alternate reality somewhere where you went metal. At least he's got the hair. He's still got the hair anyway. Excellent. Um, guys, I know you've got a very busy day, so I thought it'd be fun to finish off with a couple of quick-fire questions, if that's all right. Okay, yeah. Um, individual like, highlight of your career so far? Gunman Taco Truck. <laughs> really working on that game with Donovan. Super just, fun. I just yeah. don't even know how. Yeah. Seeing that smile on his face. That smile on his face was... It, it can't, I mean, you know, you have a kid. Yes, you know? Maybe, yes, maybe yes. Doom was, was crazy. Like, when the, the year after it came out was, on, like, surreal. Yeah. That was... Everything that was a printed magazine in the industry talked about Doom for a year. It was nuts. All legislation talked about Doom for a year. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it people was tried nice. to ban Doom for a year successfully. <laughs> yeah, it was funny because it's still a big deal today. You know, yeah. the, the new was Doom it, that came out. Didn't didn't I, I swear Doom only just got unbanned in Germany like a year ago? Yeah. Like, yes. But then the new one comes out, ban it again. Yeah, ban it again. No, no. Yeah, I remember why you we banned it now. Name. <laughs> it's the same name. Career low light, or at least kind of um, biggest kind of lesson learned so far? Stagatana, obviously. Obviously, yeah. yeah. I didn't <laughs> I want to say, say that. <laughs> um, I don't know, because like even when I think about the games that I worked on that I'm that I'm the most disappointed in, mm. you know, in terms of what the game could have been, 
I got such incredibly valuable learn you know mm. learn something incredibly well, valuable from them you know so but I'm still low career life. low like I would say probably my low light I'll say low life <laughs> it's close actually um, probably my low light was I was working for this one company and I remember being in a room where they said we're going to crunch through January and February Oof. and I I was I knew everything I knew there's like, no reason to I, and yeah. I said well we don't have any milestones and there's what why and they said because we did it last year we got a lot done and I just remember thinking like, that's what? not the, yeah that's not a reason and so anyway John and I finished working. the game we were working on for him and left but like that was my foray through the through the you know let's just let's just monetize the hell out of games was was sort of morally bankrupt for mm. me. I learned a lot, but I it, but it wasn't a trip I enjoyed, right? It was like taking a taking a detour through Kansas, through I don't know, not through Canton. Well, I shouldn't say that. Everybody from Kansas hates me. Kansas is a pretty place. It was like taking a detour through like the worst neighborhood when you could have gone through something pretty. I don't know. It just. Yeah. It, it was just it was yeah but it was something to learn it was something to learn but i but i don't know necessarily that i came out of it thinking thank god i learned that you know i think i would have done better if i had just sat in a room with a bunch of board games for the same amount of time mm -hmm. i would have starved but i would have done better game you most enjoyed working on and i'm gonna be cruel and say not gum on track track you can't say that that's too easy um but i can say it <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. I'm going to say, so if I can't say that one, I will say, uh, well, I have to change your verb. Enjoyed would be a very odd thing to say about train. Yeah. Or about the game I'm currently working on, um, One Falls for Each of Us. Because they're horrible, horrible. It's a horrible period in history. And every time I do any more research into it, it just, it doesn't ever get any better. There's no like... Oh well, that's an interesting thing. Or oh, good so for that. Was this fun? Well, I didn't say it was fun, but no. most because if we if if some of the greatest movies, like I don't think anybody's going to say Twelve Years a Slave is not an amazing movie. It's incredible, but it's also brutal to sit through it. Right? Mm -hmm. It's a profound work. Yeah, but making it right. So so what I'm saying is, for me, the games that have been the most meaningful for me to make. Yeah. That I have most, as a game designer, felt the most fulfilled making have been trained in One False for each of us. Mm. Um, and it's because those games, especially, we'll, we'll say train because train is actually finished. It's because I was able to make that perfectly. Mm -hmm. My definite, as perfect as I can make it. Other people might have been able to hit a higher level of, per but it was my perfect, as mm -hmm. good as I could make it. And it was the first time I'd ever been able to do that with a game. Never cut, there's no corners cut in train. It is as good as I could make it. Mm. A second, a second hardest game for me to make actually was Quake. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. That was a really hard game. And just company broke apart after it was done and everything. Yeah. It was pretty bad. Um, but fun-wise, uh, not Gunman, uh, and I've already said Doom, I'd have to say Hyperspace Delivery Boy. Yeah, you've talked about that. Yeah. That was so fun. Lucas, <laughs> yeah. That was great. That was a really fast four months. That was, I had to learn C++. I had to learn the pocket PC platform, how to program the hardware. We had to design the game, write the game, and ship the game. Yeah. And do it in four months. Wow. And, uh, and, and I had to write the tools and everything. And it was the most, it was so fun. I, I, I worked more on that game than, you know, like more Wasn't that your 90-some-hour coding? No, that was on Red Faction. Okay. I did 90 straight hours of programming to get the white Bluetooth 
deathmatch working on cell phones. Yeah. Back in I remember asking him, like, how do you sick? Well, at some point in time, you just, you just don't You don't care sleep. about sleep anymore. Yeah. You're done with the, with nighttime. <laughs> you just keep going. Or maybe it was sanity, depending on how you look Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Last one then. Um, game you most wish you had worked on? <sighs> I wish I'd made Minecraft. <laughs> I think a lot of people wish they'd nah, made Minecraft. What a great game. You know? I remember when you played Cannibal, so. I was so mad. He was so. He was, <laughs> this could have been made on an Apple II. He was, but he was Commodore. mad in a way that was like a huge compliment to Adam. Like I still yeah. remember when he played it. I think your first word about the game is "fuck," yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, it was just like unbelievable. This is such a great game, and it could have been made on '80s hardware. You know, like it just yeah. shows how great that design is. Yeah. So he, I remember. I just remember you really genuinely for like days. Yeah. You were just like, I can't believe. Like, how did I never? I mean, yeah. none of us ever think design that. fluency. You know, yeah. So there was. I think most of mine are really people that I wish I had, that I would have loved to. Have worked with like Brown sugar I think yeah you know, for me like I would have loved to have worked with um god I mean there's like a whole list of them right like Gary Gygax Sid Meier um uh Danny Berry just who's profoundly mm-hmm. her designs are profoundly influential to me um you know most wish I worked people work with yeah, I don't know they work with themselves I, th- I still feel like there's people <laughs> in the industry that I have a lot to learn from you know and I'm not I'm not. But will they teach? <laughs> just ignore him. Just, just ignore him. They just might not him. want to. But I have, like, I would love to. Uh, I would love to at some point in time just do. You know, like you see these, you see musicians come together for a jam. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, you know, the guitarists. Like, wouldn't it be cool if people they did for Chrono Trigger, right? Like, wouldn't mm-hmm. it be cool if you got those people together? Like, if we just super trend. Yeah, like, <laughs> well, like, sometimes it doesn't go so well, but like. If we trick Nasser Jabelli into coming over somehow and said, like, hey, Nasser, come over for a vacation, then we yeah. locked everybody in the room. Guess what? You're going to make a game, whether you like it or not. <laughs> Here, we've got the dev kits. Let's go. <laughs> Excellent. Um, guys, thank you so much for your time this morning. I appreciate, um, appreciate how busy you guys are. And yeah. uh, fantastic to chat to you guys again. Thanks. That's all from us this week. Uh, you can always find our news, analysis, insight, everything you need to know at gamesindustry.biz. Mm-hmm.